His name isn't Mike, but he's going to join us nonetheless on this edition of Miked Up here on Pittsburgh Sports Live and Pittsburgh Sports Now. And that is Jordan Michalowski. You certainly are familiar with him on this channel and certainly are familiar with him on Pittsburgh Sports Now as well. He is the pit beat writer for PSN. I'm Mike Osti, of course, and I also will be joined by my Mike counterpart, Mike Vakovacan, and we are going to touch on the state of pit hoops. We've touched on this before, but it really needs touched on now. George is going to provide his insight on what he's tapped into and his thoughts basically on the program. Heather Like has spoken. She has certainly provided some type of confidence to Jeff Cable for at least one more year. He's her hire. She wants to try to stay the course, but it certainly won't go forever. And right now there's that catch 22 that exists. There's been kind of a mass exodus. Certainly Horton's name has been the most prominent, the most recent, and we will get into that here on this show in particular, but he needs to replace the roster, retool the roster. How do you do that when Pitt is in the current state that it is in? However, you need to fix it pretty quickly or you will no longer be the guy that's there. So to get right into it, George, I'm going to kind of go to you with that first. What should the feeling be for a Pitt fan about Pitt basketball right now under Jeff Capel? Obviously, it's been polarized in the last couple of years. We've touched on that in tons of postgame shows. Clearly, it appeared he was going to get another year. That is the case. But there's a lot of work that needs to happen. It is that catch-22. It's hard to fix something when it's going to maybe be hard to get guys there and He's been a recruiting phenomenon, but it's been hard to get maybe the recruits that he thought he could get, despite the the emergence of Justin Champagne and company. So what's the feeling around pit basketball? What should the feeling be around pit basketball? And what are your thoughts and kind of if there was any surprise on this exodus from pit, in particular Horton, because that seems to be the most game changer of a exit right now. That's right. Um, so I, I think you have to start with with the word Exodus. Um, and I think this last week, Pitt fans have kind of freaked out with with all five players who've transferred. Um, and, and every single time someone transfers, it's like, oh, he jumped ship. Uh, what is Cable doing sort of deal? Um, but I think clearly three, at least three um, in Daniel Adapo, Anya Iziakudo and Chris Payton were completely expected. Um, I, I, he, Jeff Cable told us that, uh, Izzy Akuda, who was a former walk-on, he, he wasn't quite an ACC level player. We knew this. He told us that he would be gone. He would be, you know, venturing into engineering opportunities, other basketball opportunities. Um, so, so that first one, uh, wasn't a big surprise. Chris Payton, uh, super athletic player. Um, some may have thought, you know, well, he's a guy off the bench that Cable could have developed over the next few years. Um, but he, he didn't get the playing time he wanted, you know, out of Juco coming to Pitt this year. So he's gone. Wasn't too much of a surprise. Um, then Daniel Adapo, again, bench player, played, you know, a few games in early season, but he, he was down to at the end, I think around 10 minutes a game. Um, didn't play since probably, you know, February, January. So he, he kind of tailed off me in the end. So just to set it straight, those three were, were totally expected and, and not – not too crazy of moves. And then you've got Noah Collier announcing he's entering the portal. Um, that was a bit of a surprise, I think, to most people. Also, again, bench player averaged around two points a game, two rebounds. So he wasn't doing much. He wasn't producing much offensively. Um, you know, just wasn't getting time behind John Hughley because both of them kind of played the same position. You know, maybe Collier was playing out of position, but 
for this pit team and they weren't going to play Noah and John together. It, it wasn't going to happen. And John's staying next year. Noah didn't see his time next year. So those four, not a big deal. Then you get to Horton. Um, that's a surprise. You know, if you talk to, I think, anyone around the program on the last day of the season, uh, they think Horton's back. They think the core of Jamarius, John, uh, Ithiel, and Nike are going to be back next year. And at that point, you're like, okay, you can build around those four guys. Horton decides to leave. Um, you know, that's it's definitely a shock to, to most people around the program. And because he's a good player. He's, you know, people are commenting he's not an ACC-level player. He never caught up to speed at Pitt. He had so much going off the court, and I'm not saying that's not <laughs> to say his. the least, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying that's not his fault from earlier in the year, um, but you know, last year team the locker room was a mess. You know, you, you can't get going. He couldn't find a role as much. You knew he could shoot though, and then this year he comes out, and you're like, okay, Pitt might have a chance to make some noise this year if you know Nike <laughs> obviously goes down right away, and and if he'll doesn't get arrested so off the court stuff all over him he gets back clearly shows that he can shoot the ball still um but but he was just streaky he can never really get up to speed right uh, but but anyway i i think Ithiel horton can be a 40 percent three-point shooter somewhere in college um somewhere at the d1 high major level so it, it whether it's coming off the bench on a winning team or, or being on a pit team like this and, and starting getting starters minutes um, I, I know, Mike, you, you pointed this out. You know, he had – I think he had the most shots on the team in the last, you know, eight games. Um, most minutes, too. Most minutes and most shots on the team in the last eight games of the year. So, if, if he wanted to be that that 40% shooter for you know, 10 to 15 points a game, stay at Pitt. Um, but I do believe he can be a 40% shooter at a high major school and not average as many points and, and maybe I win. I, I think the bottom line here with all these moves, guys, is that Jeff Capel, he's not dumb. He realizes that, as Mike said at the beginning, you know, he doesn't have a uh, forever contract. Right. He needs, he needs to win. And aside from Horton, every one of the players that you mentioned uh, wasn't producing for him. And to have a good team in college, it's one thing to just have four or five starters that can give you minutes and play, but you got to have guys coming off the bench. And when he had to go to the bench or if there was an injury or if their coat, whatever you were talking about, uh, he was getting nothing from any of the guys coming off the bench and he, he couldn't have that anymore. So uh, it's not a, none of that is a surprise. Surprised to what's happened Horton yes I think even the coaching staff is surprised with that but uh he knows that when he goes to the portal this year he needs to bring in guys that can play right away and produce right away he doesn't have time to develop people well that's the benefit I guess of the transfer portal obviously it's chaotic obviously some fans can certainly talk about the negatives to the portal but if you're a head coach especially with a short leash and we've seen that with programs like Baylor Texas Tech etc even Wake Forest going the NIT able to kind of quickly retool and quickly fix because of the portal you lose a player you can dip in you also have to remember lost players last year, not this mass exodus, but Xavier Johnson, et cetera, and some of those isolated incidents, uh, but also departures from Pitt. Mike, in particular to Horton, 
you meant, I mean, you guys both agree that was surprising. Everybody would yeah. say that was a surprise. And George touched on the difference there. I think maybe there might be a personal slight that maybe Pitt could even feel based on this because they stood, they stood by him through everything this past year, regardless of what you think about him getting in those situations or not. Is that something that if he was still there, you could possibly see an opportunity for a quick turnaround if you add players off the bench and you bolster the bench, but his departure makes it so much tougher because it does bring up that point that, yeah, you can fix it quick, but is there a stain on Pitt right now, certainly based on Horton leaving, that maybe makes it harder for Jeff Capel to do the quick fix because your guy that you stood by talks about maybe wanting more opportunities. That's been a rumor, but he got opportunities and they stood by him. So how could he really say that? How could that be the situation? No, I, I don't think any of this is going to stay. This is all uh, individual circumstances. Everyone okay. has a story. Everyone, uh, no matter le- whoever leaves, their case is different. So I don't think this is going to uh, hurt Pitt in any way trying to attract kids. I, I think Horton's a replaceable. Um, he is, as George said, I think he has the potential to be a, uh, a three-point threat for some team. But the good thing is, I think in this portal, you could target somebody like that. It's not as though there, there are certain guys that have skill sets, six eight, six nine, slasher. Those are those guys are hard to get if you're Pitt. I think no matter where there, there, there's a three point shooter out there that Pitt can go out and try to replace Ethiel Horton with. And I want to touch okay. upon one thing. I want to tease this a little bit. Uh, I wrote a column yesterday that drew some reaction about uh, I was, uh, I wasn't real happy. I was in shocky uh, Mike, Mike Vakovican drawn reaction. Never happened. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, I wrote a column just saying that basically equating Horton and just saying that it, it's a what's wrong with college sports as far as loyalty right, right. And, and leaving the program when Pitt uh, stuck with him through, you know, what everyone knew he went through last year Uh well, his dad reached out to me overnight. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that's what you were alluding to when you said you got an email and a text. Yeah, he wants me to. He wants show. me to call. He wants me to call him today, and okay. he's going to uh, give me some insight. We'll do so a follow wanna, up, maybe. Yeah, you yeah. Stick, <laughs> we can. We yeah. can stick forward. To, look forward to that today. I'm going to. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll find out, but uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens if I. I'll just leave it at that, but hopefully okay. maybe we'll have more on that situation. But okay. hey, George, uh, the next question now Pitt fans are asking is uh, they've lost what five guys now. Uh, I don't even know five. Yeah. Five yeah. guys. Uh, they only have six left on the roster. <laughs> uh, who, uh, who do, who do you believe could be next? I, I think there's definitely going to be somebody next. I don't, I'm not going to say they're going to lose everybody because they're not. Uh, I, I, who do you believe are the next uh uh, you know, the, once again, this is speculation, so I don't want to. Uh, but who uh, who are the most likely to uh, possibly enter the portal next? Um, you know, I think uh, it starts with Femio to Cali. Um, you know, sophomore point guard had it going at Pitt towards the end of last season. Um, then I think came into this season with very high expectations. You know, whether that was from the staff, I don't know, but outside expectations for Odicali were were super high coming into this year. Um, and he had an all right year. He, he scored, you know, around 10 points a game, 11 points a game. But he, he never really put it together in the sense that consistently fit to the program. So yeah. 
right. his, his style of play, you know, he wasn't, he's not a point guard. And, and what Pitt needs and needed this year was a point guard. Like it, six, five guards are great. They're great if they can shoot the ball really well. Um, they're great, you know, if they're a slasher and you have a point guard alongside them. But, you know, Pitt had two of them this year, Jamarius Burton and, and Femio DeCali, and neither one really was a point guard. So it, the, the fit wasn't amazing. Um, you know, like you said, this is all speculation, but, you know, Odecali struggled near the end of his pit career or this season, this season, the end of the pit season. So, yeah, uh, you know, he had zero points in the ACC championship, ACC tournament game in Brooklyn. Um, you know, didn't, didn't look overly excited during that game. Obviously no one would, but um, <laughs> yeah. So, so he, I don't know. I'd say, I'd say Odecali is, is there's a chance of he, of him leaving. Um, then obviously there's a few others. Um, Max Madison bench player has appeared in seven games this season. Um, he's a scholarship guy. So, uh, you got to talk about him. So he, he, he's never really developed a role at Pitt. You know, I've heard from, from people close to the program that, um, he's the hardest worker, you know, off the court, you know, in, in workouts, he, he's grinding in practice every day, but he's never quite caught some playing time despite that. So you would um, think a guy like Jeff Capel though, would love that. Although some right. have also said about Jeff Capel that maybe leads to this exodus that he's also very honest. I've heard some say maybe honest to a fault, but even if you're a hard worker, he will sit you down and say, you're just in lack of a better description. You're just not good enough for this level, no matter what you're doing work-wise. So maybe that also could lead to some of what you're saying, but it doesn't sound like there's anybody that's going to be as much of a backbreaker and a freak out session that maybe Horton caused if someone else leaves. Cause Mike touched on a past shows that sometimes it is the coach and people don't know this, but sometimes it is the coach saying it might be best for us and you, if you enter the transfer portal. Well, George, I know the one guy that will, I think it'll be a lightning rod in a way just because the, the deal with uh, Pitt and Jeff Capel has been being able to attract four-star kids. Right. right. The highest kid that he got here at Pitt so far, I believe uh, has been Will Jeffers. And to this point through two seasons, he uh, has not looked like a four-star player. Well, he, he's a guy that I think we could talk about all day as far as what is yeah. going on with him. You know, you've seen all the games this year. What, uh, what's your evaluation of uh, Will Jeffers through two, two seasons and what, you know, what, his, what hasn't clicked with him? Yeah. So he, he was thrown into the fire uh, pretty quickly. You know, he wouldn't have played as many minutes as he has at Pitt through the first two seasons anywhere else. Um and a lot of guys could take advantage of that, but uh, he, you've kind of seen his, his, his age, um, you know, maybe, maybe immaturity on the court, um, you know, shine through as opposed to, to improving a lot. So I, I think specifically three point shooting, everyone knows, you know, he's just not a threat. Yeah. You know, he made 11 of his 53 attempts from three point range this year. And, and when you're on a team that's desperate for shooters, you know, with these driving guards that can drive and kick. If a guy's making 11 of his 53, he's not going to play the rest of the year. And that's kind of what happened. With <laughs> so yeah. they, they realized that he wasn't a threat on the wing. Um, he's not much of a threat creating, you know, I, I would say, you know, if he's at the top of the key with the ball, you, you're not going to, the other teams aren't worrying about him. They, you know, they're anticipating where he's going to pass it. 
So he's he's really not a scoring threat on the offensive end. Um, he, he he's a good defender. Uh, I'll give him that. He's a he's he's a long, you know, athletic to a to an to a certain extent um, defender. You know, I, I wouldn't call him like a crazy athlete. Like when he runs, it's a it's a bit awkward sometimes in transition. Um, but yeah, he's just never really put it all together yet. Um, you know, out of high school, like you said, he's a he's a high ranked recruit. Um, people people thought he could be a, a solid player, but you know, he hasn't really shown that he can shoot the ball. And at his position, you got to be able to shoot the ball. So uh, that's where I think he's he's come up short. And that's the thing with Pitt uh, this year. And when when people talk about uh, Sabandi and Horton not being there at the beginning of the season. Because of that, Jeff Capel, and this is not a personal attack on Jeff uh, on Will Jeffers, but because he didn't have the two guys he probably would have started at that position, he's forced uh, for three quarters of the season until Horton gets back right. to start a guy that's a non that's a non factor on offense. So basically, on offense, you're playing four against five. You're kind of putting them in not a position to succeed yeah, early on, and then the perception gets that, negative, right? Yeah, yeah, for a team that's lacking the ability to score, it's yeah. not a good situation to have one of your starters being a guy that the defense isn't isn't even remotely um, <laughs> worried about covering. Yeah, no, and we we've seen that at all different levels of basketball. If you have somebody, that's the whole Ben Simmons debate that's been exi- existing yeah. the last year or so from the Sixers onto the Nets. That if you can't shoot. No matter what else you can do, it does create four on five and it doubles somebody else and it kind of ruins the whole experience there offensively, makes it easier on the defense. So, yeah, that's certainly been brought up. Mike Fakovic and Jordan Mikulowski joining us here on Mike'd Up on Pittsburgh Sports Live and Pittsburgh Sports Now. And as Mike Fakovic alluded, you certainly want to stick here to PSL and also PSN for some tidbits throughout the day and, and ongoing here off of the state of Pitt basketball and Horton's exit, etc. I'm, of course, Mike Oste. Now, George... You heard Heather Light's comments. You heard her support of Ke- of Jeff Capel for at least one more year. She did say the buyout was not the reason why he is coming back and why that support's increasing. Mike and I have certainly touched on in past shows. I know, Mike, you certainly brought up that that is part of it maybe for you, and it certainly makes sense to be part of it, even though he's her guy and was a hire for her, unlike, say, Narduzzi, that wasn't her hire, but they stuck through and certainly has ended up working out. Do you believe that buyout? was a factor here. And if that buyout was not what it is and not at the number that it is, $15 million, I believe it is right now, that he might not even be back this coming year. And was there any other takeaways from Heather Likes' comments in particular about the situation as she spoke about everything we're talking about right now? She's going to defend her guy in the program, but there's also a state of honesty that you can't lie to people either. Obviously, there's a sense of it not feeling great since... I also kind of want to ask you before the end of the show who you think they maybe could bring in or thoughts about bringing people in, but right now it's an unknown. You're not going to know. So thoughts about her comments and in particular the buyout. Yeah, so I think Heather said everything that you can expect an AD to say. I don't think she blew anyone out of their boots with with her quotes or anything. (laughs) Um, But I I do think, yeah, there's that level of honesty that's like, okay – Yes, the buyout was a major factor in this. It has to be. You figure. She can't admit it, but it has yeah, to be. She can't say it, but it, it has to be. There, $15 million plus for the buyout. You know, Mike Krzyzewski is getting paid not even $10 million to coach this season, and he is 
the winningest coach ever. Like right. that's a huge number to buy out Jeff Capel, who hasn't led Pitt to a winning season in four years of being here. And there's been a lot of things. Obviously, we've talked about this all year. There's been things out of his control. Um, but I, I do believe that, you know, at, an, at a program like Pitt, um, high major school, ACC, um, if the buyout wasn't a factor, I think she would have moved on. I, I really do. I think I think the fans have 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 given enough uproar to inspire <laughs> her to move on, and, and they yeah. haven't showed up to a game in four years. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think there was definitely reason um, at, at the end of the season, but yeah, the buyout is a real thing. So that, this isn't the first time this happened in sports, too. So yeah, I think I think overall, Heather said what you expect her to say um she has faith in jeff she knows it was a bad season um she knows they've got a lot of work to do and then she talked about the transfer portal a lot so you know people were asking her um you know at this conference you know what do you think about rebuilding a program on the portal um is it possible what's your plan that sort of deal yeah and she said she was like you know it's not something to bank on but it's a huge tool that we are going to and can use in this day and age of basketball um, which, which is all true. And, you know, they may be banking on it. She, she may not have <laughs> completely told the truth. You there. almost got to bank on it. Yeah. Or I don't see how Jeff Capel's still there whenever it comes to fruition. That's what we're talking about. You don't yeah. have time to do the normal recruiting thing. Yeah. You don't have, you don't have time to sign six high school players right now and right. expect to win any more games than you did this year. So well, the, um, the, now the question now is uh, since yeah. you got in the transfer portal, George, uh, this is in your wheelhouse here. Uh, right now they have six uh, open scholarships. I assume they're going to try to fill every one of them. Uh, that number is likely to grow. I, I would, uh, I would guess uh, between two or three more guys uh, will be gone. So you're talking about possibly replacing nine out of 14, nine out of 13 scholarship players, which is uh, wow, yeah, it's... probably unprecedented. Yeah. Um, give me some names of, uh, for the most part, this is going to be through the portal because I, I don't believe there's that many high school guys out there at this stage of recruiting, uh, unless some guys start decommitting, uh, that Pitt's going to start targeting. Uh, we, we could be here for 10 weeks talking about the names <laughs> in the transfer portal, but who are, who are some guys that, uh, Pitt fans, this is it because this is in your wheelhouse, uh, transfers that they've reached out to so far that, uh, uh, you know, Pitt fans should keep an eye on. Yeah. So um, by our count, the guys we've contacted, um, they've reached out to five forwards, uh, one center and, you know, about seven, eight guards by now um, in the last few days. So uh, they're going after guys pretty much everywhere. Like you said, they've got as many spots to fill as any team in the country this off season. And uh, it'll be no easy task. Like they, they've got to, Rebuilding a, a team in one year with all transfer portal guys is is an insane challenge that they're going <laughs> up against. But, yeah. yeah, like you said, there's a lot of talent in there. So uh, they've reached out to and, and held a Zoom meeting with uh, Jalen Ganey, a forward from Brown, uh, six foot nine guys. He's super athletic. And people are saying, you know, he doesn't shoot threes. Uh, is he another Daniel Adapo? But you look at his tape, and they're completely different players. Dan Oladapo will back you down. He'll do a spin move. This is in the Horizon League. He didn't play much of Pitt, but he'll do a spin move. He'll back you down, and, and he'll do a little up and under layup. He's not going to blow anyone away with his athleticism. 
Ganey, on the other hand, plays above the rim. You know, he's really long, six foot nine. You know, I don't know his wingspan, obviously, but it's up there. And, and he's he's going to throw down every dunk he can. You know, he's catching lobs from his guards. These are things Oladapo didn't do. So while Ganey doesn't pose a three-point threat, um, I do think he could be a solid contributor inside. Um, the problem with him is he started to hear from, you know, Duke, yeah. Um, a bunch of other right. schools you know, after being in the portal for a week or so. So those guys, you know, what do you, what are you going to do? Are you going to come to Pitt and, and play on the bench for your grad year? Or are you going to go to Duke and play on the bench for your grad year? So it's tough. It's a tough sell um, when those guys get in play, but I did talk to him after his first meeting and he really liked Pitt. So he was blown away by all the facilities and everything. And that was just a zoom call. So, and then you got Neil Quinn uh, center that, that you spoke to, Mike. He, he was on a Zoom with Pitt last night. Um, he's a seven-footer. And, uh, you know, those are hard to find. So uh, they're not going to play John at the four. I've seen people saying, you know, get Quinn, slide him into the starting center role, and then play John at the four. You're not going to play John at the four. He can't guard the Mo Gies of the world. <laughs> so, um, you know, no disrespect to John, obviously. But that's that's right, right. not where really he fits. And uh, so, yeah, Neil Quinn could be an option at center off the bench behind Hughley. Um, Seven-footer, he averaged around 15 points and eight rebounds a game at Lafayette. So, uh, you know, he's a solid player. He liked what he saw from Pitt um, for sure. And then, you know, other forwards we can get into, you know, Hayden Brown from the Citadel. Um, Pitt fans obviously uh, remember the Citadel. And uh, he's a good player. He's, he's kind of reminds me of a, a football player type build. You know, he's not the most athletic guy in the world. But he's a strong forward, got some touch around the rim. Um, he can definitely contribute. And he told, you know, I saw he told on three last night that Pitt's one of the four programs contacting the most. So uh, they're going to try to beat out Wake Forest there. They're going to try to beat out Georgia Tech there for Hayden Brown. But obviously, um, you know, they've still got a chance. You know, anyone's got a chance that can offer high major playing time in the ACC. Like Pitt has a chance with these kids because of that. Um, and then, you know, move on to the guards, um, just to name a few. Obviously, the top guard that they – the name that, that stands out the most is Nellie Cummings, um, Pittsburgh native, you know, played at Colgate. Um, so he can light it up. He, he's six foot tall. He's, he's a point guard. and, and he He's the point guard. Just for one second, George. You were talking yeah. about they needed a point guard last year, and That's they right. had Femi. Cummings is what – Cummings is a point guard, right? He, he's a prototypical he's point guard, right? Yeah, he's 100%. a prototype, right, George? Yes. He, he's a he's a point guard. You know, he'll distribute the ball. He'll he'll shoot the three. He'll create his own shots. Yeah, he'll do it all. And he's he's yeah, today's point guard, exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and you know, he did it at Colgate, sure, but he played against Pitt. We saw it. You know, he was a threat the entire game. You know, Pitt fans haven't seen a three point threat in a few years. You know, once Horton had a few games this year where he hit four threes or something. Pitt fans were like, okay, he's a legit shooter. <laughs> like, it, guys do that every night on other teams. But, yeah, Nellie Cummings, the, the, the only thing that I think about with Cummings, um, you know, he's, he's said in interviews and, and, and throughout this whole process so far that he's looking to boost his pro stock this year. So he's been to the tournament two or three times already with Colgate. Um, you know, he's, he's shown he can shoot the ball. He's got good numbers everywhere, um, but he really wants to boost his stock. So it's going to come down to, you know, schools like Wisconsin, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Florida are, are reaching out to him uh, in addition to Pitt, who's, who's on him pretty hard. And, you know, Pitt can offer him these minutes, 
they can offer him, you know, here, shoot eight threes a game and play the entire game and play in the pick and roll with John Hughley. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just a matter of if he thinks that that system is going to be best fit for NBA scouts, for international scouts to see that he's a pro. So that's a, that's a big decision for him, but he's, he's definitely got some com- Pitt's definitely got some competition there for him. And then, uh, yeah, just to name a few other guards, uh, Brand Freeman from, from George Washington, 6'2 point guard again. Um, you know, he only played one year at George Washington. So he's a, he's the sort of guy that I think Pitt will jump on, not only because he had almost 11 points per game as a freshman, um, but because of that eligibility that he has left. So, you know, if Pitt turns it around this year, if they have a good year, Cable's sticking around, you know, Freeman could be the guard of the future, you know, the point guard of the future. Um, then, you know, Cameron Win- Winter from Drexel, he's got probably the longest list of, of schools reaching out to him out of these guys. Um, Justin Hill from Longwood, uh, Jamaru Brown from EKU. So th- I could go on and on. This list is increasing by <laughs> five, ten players every single day. You know, Pitt's been nonstop. Milan yeah. Brown has been on the phones. Um, Gilbert Brown reached out to, to a local kid, um, you know, Philip Alston from Cal U. Um, so they're, they're, they're hitting everyone, you know, every, every pit coach right now is recruiting the portal, which is what you want. I mean, they have to be, they're doing the work, but you have to be. And on to Nelly Cummings, maybe it's a little bit of a bias, but I did mention, I called his high school games when he was at Lincoln park and he was a phenom there. You kind of could see that he was that one diamond in the rough and there were other great players there that Watson and others that went on to call it basketball, but he certainly has had the most success from that era. And it kind of seemed like he did the mature thing. He was mature. Then he went to a program like Colgate. He was able to play. He was able to get in tournaments, but he might be that perfect fit in terms of the issue isn't what I brought up at the top of the show if you if you have a guy that wants to get in the NCAA tournament, not that that's not where Pitt wants to be, but an increase in an ascension that could maybe provide a confidence to Capel could be like the Wake Forest turnaround, which still gets you in the NIT. If Pitt gets in the NIT next year, that might be enough to say that turned it around. That's a big step. We'll try again for another year. That's still a solid turnaround, but that might not be attractive to every player like that but he's been in the tournament he wants a minute so he may say to himself hey i'm coming home and i could actually increase my stature by increasing my minutes and becoming that prototypical point guard that leads pit on this turnaround that gets all these minutes that is like a coach on, on the court and even if that's nit and not ncaa tournament i've been there and did that that still could increase my nba draft stock or whatever the case may be for right. a little ball so that could be a sales pitch to him that he might be a perfect fit there and of course coming home but again a really really mature kid a prototypical point guard which is what pitt needs but they need others around him and and george yeah you touched on a lot of what pitt could do the work they're doing a lot of players they're contacting they may get some they may get none but they're certainly going to get someone and, and multiple someones because they need to fill this roster as mike v touched on earlier I do want to ask you before we cut this, this cut this off, Ugly returning is something that is not talked about now because of the exodus of pit players leaving, in particular Horton. What would be the difference and the tenor of our conversation if Ugly was not coming back? Because I, I would feel like a couple of weeks ago, some might even have thought that Ugly maybe was a better chance to leave than Horton because they were they were so in tight and standing by Horton so much. Horton gone, Ugly not gone pretty much everyone else gone. They need to fix pretty much the whole team, but Ugly at least gives you one piece to build around. You're talking about everyone's fit around Ugly. If Ugly was not there, would this almost be an impossible task 
or what would be the tenor of the conversation then? I think it'd be insanely more difficult just because like you said, obviously Hugo's production on the floor next year, whatever that's going to be um, is going to be huge for this team. And also Hughley is your main selling point to these transfers. It's like, come play with, with this monster that's only six foot nine, but averaged 15 and eight in the ACC last year in a soft, basically freshman year. It's like, come play with this beast inside that's going to draw a double team every single possession. That's what he did. Right. So I think it's it's massive that Hugo's returning. Um, it, it's probably what I would say, like the the it was the last thing, it was the only thing. It was the most important thing for Jeff Cable to do this offseason. We've talked about that is keep Hughley because it, it does so many things. Next season, you know, if Cable's still around after next season, John will be there. John could be his guy. So uh, it, it's it's a big sell in the transfer portal for him. Uh, this offseason went adding guys, and, and it would have been a lot, a lot harder if he had nothing to sell with, with Hughley. You know, he would have just been offering all these kids. <laughs> yeah. It's like, here, build a team. Like, the other important thing uh, regarding the Hughley situation is I think the way he did it. Um, right. Did it publicly. Yeah. Um, he wants to be back. It was clear. Put a message out there and he threw a positive spin on Jeff Capel, uh, which, sure. you know, very few people in this town have done <laughs> lately. Um and I think recruits see that people see that, you know, I love my coach and it, it, it was just a positive reinforcement for him. Uh, and I, I think in, in a subtle, in a subtle way that that, that was a, uh, a key moment for Jeff in the off season, because all you heard about last year was dissension mm -hmm. and uh, you know, fighting on the team and no one liked each other and blah, blah, blah. Uh now you heard from the leader of the team, the unquestioned leader on the team. I love my coach. I want to return. I want to make better. I, I think that was a, uh, you know, I, I know the big message, the big story out of that was that Hughley uh, is returning. Yeah. I think how he did it uh, in, in, a, in a public display for his coach, I think that was a, uh, uh, a small thing that kind of got unnoticed a little bit. Because let's be honest, players in the transfer portal are on Twitter. They yeah. see this. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna be looking into players that may be on the team and be looking at Horton. Do I or, or looking at Ugly? Do I want to play with him? Maybe they were looking at Horton. Right. It's out there. This is a social media world. Anyone's thoughts if you put it on social are out there. So players right. that could be coming are gonna look at that and say, okay, I heard some things about Capel. Maybe it's tough. Maybe he's honest. Maybe he won't give me minutes. Right. It hasn't been successful, etc. But wait, this beast, as George called him says that it's great to play for Capel and I'm going to be able to figure this out and I can fit in there. So I can trust this guy more than maybe even a coach or a program. Heather Like and Capel are not going to tell you that it's not, it's not fantastic to be there. Obviously they're trying to have you come, but yeah. to have one player say that when he didn't have to, he could have just said, I'm coming back. He didn't have yeah. to say anything really. It wasn't a force. Right. So I'll, I'll add yeah. on, to, on to your point. Um, I'll, I'll add on, you know, Keyshawn Hall, He's a six, seven guard in the 2022 class back to recruiting, obviously, but he's uh, you know, I tweeted out when Hughley left, you know, big, this is massive news for, for Pitt. This is massive news for Jeff Capel. Um, and, and Keyshawn Hall liked it. So like you said, there's that impact on social media, you guys are seeing it. So Hall's yeah. a Cleveland guy, like Hall's a Cleveland recruit. 
that Jeff Capel would love to have on his team. So these guys are seeing it. They're seeing John come back. They're seeing Marlon Barnes and, and Coach Chet Mason teaming up with John on social media and, and hyping yeah. the whole thing up. Yeah. So, like you said, yeah, it, the way he did it definitely had a big impact. Yeah, Mike. Mike Vakova, can you ever think you'd be in a situation where we'd be having to track likes on Twitter and who likes Instagram <laughs> posts and, and reading into it? It's, it's like NFL transfer portal and NFL free agency and player movement we've been experiencing. Oh, yeah, like, I, I, like this. He's clearly loving that. Yeah. One guy, before we wrap this up here, we all got to run here, but one guy that I know Pitt fans have, uh, speaking of social media, have brought up a lot, and you've seen him in person multiple times, the kid out of Quaker Valley. Oh, yeah. um, Pitt hasn't offered him yet. They have scouted him in person. Uh, he is receiving interest. Uh, any thoughts on his situation? And with so many scholarships, is that an area that Pitt can go down or – uh, like I mentioned, <clears throat> is he a is he too much of a project at this point for uh, for Jeff to want to take on, or because of the number of available scholarships he has, could he afford to possibly take on a uh, you know quote project? Yeah, I, I think because of what you said there, I think there there is a chance that he could take on that kind of project. Uh, you know, Thiero's a six five guard. His name's Adu Thiero, six five guard at a Quaker Valley. Um, definitely a slashing point guard. Um, he's worked on his shot. He's had a broken growth plate in his hand for this last half of the season. And all he's done is just dominated the Whippeals. You know, I think they're going to state tonight. So I've seen him two, three times in person the last month. Um, you know, he's, he's a solid, he's a, he's a solid high school player and a great high school player in this area. Um, he's, he's, he got an offer from Duquesne after his big time Whippeal performance, um, you know, he'll rebound the hell out of the ball. He blocks a ton of shots because he's got in, he's got, you know, extraordinary length and, and physicality to him. So um, he had a massive growth spurt in the last year, year or two. So he's uh, he's filled out well. And, and I think with six available scholarships, six, like maybe even more, <laughs> I, I think you can take a chance on him. So yeah. it, I, I probably wouldn't have given you the same answer if, Pitt had three available scholarships this season, you know, if one or two guys left, but if they have six to eight scholarships available, hell yeah. Take the local kid and, and try to develop him in the future. Show that you're show that you care about more than just next year, because you know, right. I'll add this. I talked to one recruit that I mentioned earlier on the show. Um, I, I want to identify specifically now, but I talked to one recruit in the portal and he said, you know, I, I really am glad I heard from Pitt, but I'm still have to look more into the coaching situation if he's going to be there past next year. So that's a, that's a real a, thing. That's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. You can't just push it under the rug. These kids know they're on social media. Like we talked about, like they know what's going on at Pitt. So it, Pitt's needs to, to show Jeff Cable needs to show that he's invested in the future of this program. You can't sell kids on one year unless it's, only Nellie Cummings and other grad transfers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be important. I think they could take a chance on a guy like a do. So, yeah. And you know that it, in your heart of hearts, if you're Jeff Cable, you maybe do know that you're kind of on a one year trial basis type of thing. You got to quickly turn it around or you would be gone. But that is important to show kids, hey, it could right. be more than one year. If this works out, it could be more than one year. And that's a way with so many positions open and so many scholarships open. You get players that can help you now if, say, Nellie Cummings would come and then also players you can build around. And that might even impress a Nellie Cummings, who's a local kid. Hey, you're going to help the local kid. I'll oh, come yeah. and mentor him and then I'll be gone. And then I, 
he, he can do it later after I mentored him. So, yeah, that's all important. And it is a tricky scenario because, you know, there's pressure there, but kids aren't stupid, too. They're going to be concerned about a one year situation. So maybe that also adds some confidence in there, George. We absolutely appreciate the time for sure. Your name's not Mike, but we definitely enjoyed uh, having you here. I just want to get you out of here with this one last overlying theme, really. And this is kind of what we touched on all the way through. What, in your estimation, needs to occur next year, regardless of who is on the floor, for Jeff Cable to get more time? Is it NCAA tournament? Is it NIT? Is it even just a winning record? Is it a significant turnaround on the court, even if record doesn't show it? Is it something to have a season that you don't have all these external excuses off the floor and you can actually evaluate him fairly because the excuses are certainly there? Is it not having drama? Is it building players? Is it giving Nelly Cummings a chance if he's the guy that's there or whoever? Is it building that individual like a Justin Champagny? What thing for you needs to happen for Jeff Capel to stay around regardless of everything we've been discussing and can discuss? I think they've got to be over 500. I think that's a given. I think you, you can't if, – if he goes under 500 next year, he's gone. There, there's no – okay. I don't think you can – Excuses are gone, even if there's another arrest, yeah. et cetera. It's right, got to right. be. Okay. I, don't think, I don't think you can deal with another season below 500 because, you know, you took a huge step back this season. And like you said – the solid locker room. That's a, that's a win. You know, last year, the locker room was a mess. It was a disaster. Everyone left because of specific reasons inside that locker room, personal things. Right. And this year there wasn't that much of that. The team stuck together till the end, which, which Capel raved about all year. And, and we'll see obviously in the next few weeks, if, if that was true, if, if these guys all don't leave. So uh, I think they got that win this year in that, that they, kept the team together for the most part. Um, obviously Horton's gone, but, but it's not as severe as last year. So I think that he's checked that box, but the production has to go up next year. He's got to win. Uh, he's got to go over 500. And even then, if he, if he's a few games over 500 pit fans may still be, you know, calling yeah. for him out, but it, to go from 11 and 21 to an NCAA tournament team is right. pretty pretty damn difficult so it's, it's <laughs> yeah. take a lot it's gonna take a lot to even go 500 um, but i think if he goes above 500 he'll, he'll get another chance okay mike anything else for george here no nope, we're done now now it's time to uh hit the phone hit twitter and find out who enters <laughs> the transfer portal yeah more, more work another day that ends in y that's the world we're living in right now but again there's positive and negatives to it and Pitt has pressure. They do need a quick turnaround. Jeff Capel needs a quick turnaround. More pressure this year than ever before. The excuses are now gone. So we will just see what happens. It almost seems like a theme of any of these shows we do with any of these teams we cover. But certainly with Pitt basketball, might be more than any other. Jordan Mikulowski joining us, the Pitt beat writer from Pittsburgh Sports Now. His name's not Mike, but he certainly <laughs> gave us his time. And we appreciate it here on this show. Waking up early with us here on Mike Up. And, of course, Mike Pekovic and I'm Mike Osti. Again, stick here on Pittsburgh Sports Live. Subscribe for more of these shows and all of our content on PSL. When anything gets released, you get a notification. And also follow Pittsburgh Sports Now, PGH Sports Now on Twitter. And, of course, Pittsburgh Sports Now online for all this coverage. Because if you – Take a break for an hour. You could miss it all. So, again, keep hitting it up. Keep refreshing the page. Mike has a lot to touch on, including what he alluded to, a conversation with uh, with uh, Horton's uh, camp and maybe what will come out of that. So you want to find all that there. Maybe Mike and I will touch.